This is episode four. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Hi, and thanks for listening. Today, we sit down with Tuolumne County Sheriff James Mealy. He's a very personable guy. You'll find that out. He's funny and has a great sense of humor, and I thoroughly enjoyed talking with him. He was great. He had a lot to say, which is more than what most people do. He had uh, decades with the sheriff's office, working you know various positions when he became a new sheriff. Now, he struggled to find his own identity, he said, and He also discovered and admitted to himself and to others that he really wasn't a very good leader. So in this episode, you're going to find out the extraordinary steps that he took to fix that. Plus, you'll also hear about the technical and human challenges he and his team faced during the Rim Fire the summer of 2013. Not quite three years ago, still fresh in his mind. We'll have that and more with Sheriff James Mealy right now. Thanks for letting us come by and pester you today. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so glad that you guys were able to come by. And, uh... Well, and I know you're you're not up to 100%, not feeling well, as many of us are this time of year, but we do appreciate you oh, letting us come in and bother you here. I'm looking forward to this. All right. So, uh, really, I think initially, we just kind of get the perfunctory stuff out of the way. Just tell me uh, how long you've been sheriff, uh, how you got to this position, and... How it's gone so far. I, I really like the word that you just said, the, the perfunctory stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great word. <laughs> it's the it's my word of the day app. Awesome. Yeah. That's, uh, you know what? I, we're going to have to take a look at that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, how long have you been sheriff? I've been sheriff for uh, nine years. Um, so I won uh, the election in 2006 and then was appointed uh, to take the, the remainder of Sheriff uh, Dick Rogers' position. So I'm starting my third term. Okay. Um, so been with the department for about 27 years. Uh, started in the jail, worked my way up uh, as a, in custody, became um, a custody sergeant, then transitioned out to the uh, patrol side of, uh, of the operation, and then been fortunate enough to work patrol, investigations, narcotics, was assigned to a um, DOJ B&E task force for uh, about three, four years, and then was able to come back and then run those units uh, as a supervisor and a commander, and then while I was uh, overseeing investigations, uh, won the election in 2006. Okay, so uh, you obviously aspired to bigger and better things when you were working in the jail. Uh, did you ever see yourself then at some point becoming sheriff? Oh, heavens no. No, no. I mean, when I when I started, it was I really like this job. You know, it's a great job. My my father worked for LAPD for 35 years. My sister worked for LAPD. So law enforcement's always been in uh, in our blood. Uh, my son, currently uh, our second son, uh, works for Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office. So um, law enforcement's always been uh, a, a part of my life and my family's life. So. So when you became uh, a supervisor for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, prior to that, 
uh, like you said, patrol, doing some things like that. But now you're in charge of managing people, making bigger decisions, things like that. Was that a difficult tr- process or transition going from? It was. It was really a huge transition. You know, when, when you're the first line or even when you're in that, that management, that lower level management position, lieutenant, that um, the, the, the way that uh, some of your decisions, uh, what you make are a little bit different. Um, <clears throat> when you're when you're when you're a sergeant or a supervisor, you, you are just trying to get through the, those shifts or that week, um, those caseloads, what, whatever it may be. And then when you're thrown into this executive position, this position of overseeing the whole county, because uh, as sheriff you are the lead official for for the county. You know, it's a different perspective. It's a perspective of how to be able to work with county government, how to be able to work with uh, the government uh, in Sacramento uh, at the federal level. So it's it's completely different, but yet you still go back to those roots, and I think that's why it's, it was important for me uh, to be through my whole career here in this agency because I've been able to see the pains and, and, and some of the issues that, that we've had that, that are very typical for a small county. And so now the decision process and, uh, you know, as a supervisor, you're, you're at that 500 foot level, maybe even lower, you know, I mean, you're right, you're right there. And then when you come to this position in the executive level, you know, it's a 30,000 foot view. And it's so important to be able to communicate with those frontline folks. But what I've really learned is that the supervisors, the lieutenants, the captains, the undersheriff play such a very, very vital role because as a, as a leader of an organization, it doesn't matter if you're in Tuolumne County or if you're the sheriff of Los Angeles County. You have to depend on your folks that uh, are out in the field and to get those messages uh, from the field up to you so that you can make a very informative decision. And... You know, leadership is kind of a, of a paradox in the sense that the more power that you give your folks, the more more opportunity for them to to make decisions, for them to go and to uh, feel a part of the organization, then what will happen is that that empowers you more as the leader. It's kind of a it's kind of odd because people want to keep this power. You know, I'll make all the decisions, but in reality, as a sheriff. Uh, you can't make all those decisions. You have to depend on on your your folks that work for you because they will do an outstanding job for you. Th- they want to make sure that whatever services that you're providing, if it's OES, if it's law enforcement, it's fire, it doesn't matter. They want to make sure that their organization is doing the best job that they can. It's it's different though now as sheriff because politics now plays a role. Oh. If right. if people if you hear anybody that is that is going to run for sheriff because uh, and say I don't want to be a politician they have no idea of the position of sheriff sheriff is all about politics right now I mean I I, I still to make myself feel good I put my uniform on to make myself feel better about myself I do I do carry a gun because that's my roots the, the, that's who I am that's what I want I've always wanted to do. 
But the reality is I meet with boards of supervisors. I'm in meetings with the CAO. I'm in meetings with the governor. I'm in meetings with, with our legislative uh, representatives. I'm in meetings with, you know, United States Senators Dianne Feinstein, uh, Barbara Boxer. So, and I'm a small county. I mean, can you imagine these larger, you know, San Diego, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Stanislaus below us, um, larger, larger population, and the, the things that, uh, and the meetings that they are, 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 are dealing with. So uh, the sheriff is a very political position. Did you find it difficult, though, coming to that level, that 30,000 or 40,000 foot level, with the political implications that your decisions have was that a difficult transition and if so or if not what how did you get past that it was very difficult i i I struggled i struggled um not only as as a sheriff there's lots of mistakes that i made lots of mistakes um but i i I learned from those, those those mistakes that i made and i finally got to the understanding that for me to be successful, I truly do have to, going back to what we were just talking about, relying on those individuals that, uh, that are doing the day-to-day job. Tell me about one of those mistakes that you made and how you got past it. <laughs> there's got to be one you oh, can there's, talk there's, about. Oh, there's lots of them. You know, there, there, there's lots of them. One of them was is that um, imagine being the, the, the sheriff and coming from and running the investigation section and i mean i ran investigations i was an investigator i worked narcotics so i knew what was going on and 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 now being thrown into this position and so when decision making was uh the opportunity came for the supervisor or the lieutenant to make those decisions well who who knows better Uh, i do because number one i am the sheriff and number two, I worked and I did those things. Mm-hmm. And so it was very frustrating for my, my supervisors, uh, my lieutenants, and my captains, where they would come in and say, Sheriff, I think that this is, this is what we should do. And, with, and, and instead of allowing them to experience some of the um, trials, will say, no, that's not the right decision. We're going to do it this way. And then so what it ended up happening is, is that they stopped coming and saying, Sheriff, I think this is what we should do. Because they expected you exactly, to just say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So now what it was, Sheriff, what's the decision? And that's not a good way to lead. That is not a good way to lead. That's not a good way to run your organization. Mm-hmm. Again, it goes back to they want to make decisions. And I, I met I met a um, um, a captain he's now the uh, the uh, uh, assistant chief for Torrance Police Department Bernard uh, Anderson and he and I went through um, a master's program at, at USC through Soul Price and it's um, master of leadership and we became very good friends and and confidants in the in the in the in the in the in the sense that here is a middle manager that I can pick his brain and say what are my lieutenants? What are my captains uh, thinking of? You know, these are these are some of the, the issues that are happening. Uh, this is what I did. Why did they act this way? And then he would then be able to respond back to me and say, "Well, you knucklehead. Of course, this is why why they did what they did because you're not giving them the opportunity." 
And he really explained to me and really taught me the value of de de uh, developing that relationship with those middle managers. I think that's one of the one of the most crucial positions that we as executives sometimes trample on is the, are those middle managers. It's a tough position to be in that lieutenant that that captain position because they are administration but in the same sense they also have the the operation. And so Bernie was able to teach me and to help me and to um, to understand the the necessity of allowing those individuals uh, to make decisions. That's what that's why they're there. That's why the organization is is structured in that way. Um, and so, if they're there, they need to be used, and they not only need to be used, they need to be uh, valued. And so, um, I, I, I owe a lot to 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 Bernie. Now, on the backside of it, you know, he. He was coming in from a, a position of, well, I'm a, I am that middle manager. What is the what is the sheriff? What's my chief thinking? Mm. You know, and so we had a we had a good dialogue, and um, so I wouldn't call him necessarily a mentor, but he is someone that you can bounce exactly, ideas off exactly, of, right? Exactly. And 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 one of the things that I really, I I, I saw my first term struggle a lot at, at, as sheriff. I struggled a lot with the with trying to find out who I am. Um, because, you know, one of, one of the things that your listeners need to, to understand is that when I was elected, I was put in this position from a sergeant's position. I, I didn't get the opportunity to be able to experience that middle management position of a, of a lieutenant or, of a, or as a captain. Yes, they called me commander of, 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 the, of the narcotics division, uh, but I still had to report to, to that to that captain, mm. and so that's where I I, I really truly did um, struggle because I had to learn that I'm not my decision making is not at the level of a sergeant, it's not even the level of, of a lieutenant. I'm making decisions for the whole organization, and so what better way to um, make those decisions by getting input? So I, I saw that I struggled in my first term, and so. At the conclusion of that first term, I looked at what do I need to do, and so I, I have always thought that that I was a, a good leader, and um, but maybe I didn't understand the true the true concepts of, of leadership. So I, I looked at a few colleges, and and as I said just moments ago, uh, I enrolled myself uh, down at USC with their leadership program. Uh, the, 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 the main, it's a intensive learning. So you would go down there for a week. You go through the, uh, through that, uh, cadre of classes during that week. Then you would come home, you would do a series of, of, um, homework assignments or whatnot. And so there, the core classes were there, but then they also had core classes at, at in Sacramento, which really fit into my schedule. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that I was able to do when I went up to Sacramento was I was able to understand the legislative process. Those are some of the co courses that I took in public policy with an emphasis on public policy. How does the legislative and the and the and the Senate work? How does that process work? Where how does the governor work in on all this process? So it gave me a better understanding, and it gave me an opportunity for me to talk to other leaders of organizations, large organizations, smaller organizations. So I, I, I graduated a few years ago with my uh, um, uh, master's degree in, in leadership, and that was probably one of the biggest 
positive things that I've done since becoming sheriff because just because you are the, the leader of that organization doesn't mean that you, 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 you are now ordained with all knowledge. You have to go out and seek some of those things. Absolutely. And you were proactive. You, you recognized it. You admitted that you weren't infallible, <laughs> uh, that you had a lot to learn as well, and your ego didn't get in the way. And I think the ego does get in the way sure. of, of many potentially great executives or great managers. You know, that's a great that's a great point. Um, first of all, people need to understand to be in politics, you have to have an ego. And this is a politic game or position. Um, and when I say politics or excuse me, ego, that's not I don't I, I don't mean that in a negative way. But what I mean by that is that you feel comfortable with yourself that yes, I can make a change. I can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so in that context, having an ego is not a bad thing. However, you need to have that ego uh, kept and checked. You need to have a great support system of your family. You know, I'm very fortunate I have a wife that we've been married. We'll be celebrating uh, 31 years here in Feb on February 4th. Thank you. Yeah. And so uh, it's remarkable that she's stayed with me for those 31 years. It's, it, it really is. Uh, I, I say that, uh, you know, kiddingly, but, you know, uh, 31 years in, in anything is, is a long time. It takes a lot of commitment. But my wife and my children and, and even my staff will, um, will feel comfortable with themselves to say, you know what, dad or, you know, husband, Jim, uh, maybe you shouldn't, you shouldn't do this. You know, or, or maybe this is the, a better way to go. And so you need to have that ability to, uh, to have those folks around you that will keep you uh, grounded. I would imagine, too, that when you, in the line of duty, are faced with um, a major situation uh, where your skills, your skill sets, your toolbox, your, you know, uh, all of those things that you bring to the table are challenged. Since being the sheriff here, what has been the biggest challenge for you besides maybe admitting to yourself that you need to expand your, your knowledge base in terms of supervisorship? What has been the biggest incident necessarily that has challenged your abilities? Well, <clears throat> you know, first of all, you know, when I became sheriff, things were, things were pretty flush in the sense of budgetary. I, I came in in 2006, so budget really wasn't an issue at that time. It it changed really quick, you know. With by the time 2007 came around, and 2008, counties and state were flat broke. That was huge. Decisions of being having to make, you know, what do I cut? Now people that I've uh, that I've worked with, people that I've uh, supervised people that, that, that are my friends, I'm having to make decisions about their career. Do I cut these groups of positions? Do I cut this program out? How is that going to affect the protection of the, of the, of the citizens of Tuolumne County? Uh, th those were some very stressful, and I think if you talk to any sheriff that was, that, uh, was during that, around during that time as, as sheriff, that was very stressful for all of us because we saw the organizations just just be mowed down 
in, in, in a matter of months. And it wasn't over a period of time, a long period of time. It was, you know, you're, you're, you're in one budget meeting with the, with the county uh, administrators and the uh, board of supervisors, and the next you come back, that, the, 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 those things are gone. And, and so what, what do you do? So that was very difficult. It was How very, much did you have to cut? Oh, we, we cut probably about almost 20% of, uh, of, of our organization. When I started, I had a, a uh, undersheriff, I had two captains and five lieutenants. Now I have an undersheriff and three lieutenants. Mm. So th that puts a stress on uh, your upper management because the reality is, is that we need to be able to put the boots on the ground. But there's a lots of decision making uh, that needs to be done when you when you still have those those boots on the ground. And you're not making these decisions completely on your own. This is where you have to, you know, solicit the input from others, which goes exactly. along with good leadership. Exactly. And, and and it was it was very difficult. I think one of the hardest things that we had that I had to come up, come or go through was you know um, a, a a deputy sheriff's association. <clears throat> where we, we talked and we said, if we do not go from a 12-hour schedule or to a, I'll just be real um, bland here, if we don't change our scheduling, we're going to have to, to let go seven deputies. And it was, it was, it was a difficult process, and, and, the, and there was a lot of uh, unwillingness to move because there was a contract that, that they had that allowed them to, to be in a certain, um, uh, to have a certain schedule. And so we had to make the tough decision. I had to make the decision to say, we're going to go. And then now you are arguing with your deputies that were are your friends, but now it's now you're, they're arguing with the sheriff, not in a friendship-type position. And so it was difficult. And so that was a hard decision to make, but it was the right decision because we did not, during that whole time, we did not let go, lay off any deputies, any clerical staff, any jail staff. We lost people through attrition, through retirement, or you know, going to other employment. Mm -hmm. But we never had to lay anybody off. Now we gave some pink slips to some individuals, um, but we were able to to come back and find some money and to be able to rearrange some things. And that was a very difficult time. That was a really it, it, it put a lot of stress not only uh, personally, but it put a lot of stress. Um, uh, family, but a lot of stress on the organization. But because of that stress and because of the, the, the turbulent time that we had, I think that the organization came out better. Uh, there's a better understanding because when you have, when you're prosperous, you don't appreciate um, some of the hard work that those before you um, have done. Mm -hmm. And so now uh, the, um, the employees or the, uh, are, are, are a little bit better uh, educated in in the process of the budget process, so and that's and th that was a good thing. So that was a very difficult time um, as a, as a leader, as uh, as as the sheriff, uh, and it, it, it didn't matter. It's all fifty eight counties, mm -hmm. the whole state of California. It was it was a tough time. Right. Looking uh, outside the building, outside of the budgetary process, uh, the rim fire happened up here. Uh, how involved were you with that? That was one of those events that <clears throat> you uh, 
you're just driving down the road. So 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 if we go back, I'm driving down the road, and I hear some of my units heading up to towards the south uh, end of the county, toward towards Groveland. Been been around and been been around long enough to uh, hear some of and understand some of the the jargon and what the deputies are talking about when they're trying to evacuate. And you could tell very early on that because uh, I had another appointment that I needed to stop call those folks and say, we're going to have to uh, reschedule this. And I turned back around because I was in a, a, a suit, came back around, put my uniform on, went home, put my uniform on, and then went out. And that first night, it just it just completely had a mind and a body of its own. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And we were very fortunate that nobody was, was injured. In, in fact, nobody was injured through that whole incident. We may have had a few uh, cuts and bruises and burns, but other than that, you know, no loss of life and no major catastrophe. We were very, very, very fortunate. Hmm. So you're hearing uh, the jargon, you're hearing the the tone in their voice, uh, the urgency. You knew you had to turn around and come back, and you're getting out there. And you said that first day it had a mind of its own. Uh, was there any point during that first day or maybe even the second day where you wondered just how safe your citizens were going to be and what you needed to do to ensure that safety? It wasn't the first or the second day. It was day four, day five, huh. when this thing got to the point where that CDF now is involved, Cal Fire gets involved into this. Uh, they're working together with the Forest Service. And we're, we've now become not only the number one priority resource-wise for the state, but for the whole nation. And then looking at the evacuation, that, that this fire depended all on one canyon, the, the Tuolumne Canyon. And there was a, 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 a ridge of mountains that meet if the fire was to get to that point and, and, and fire was not able to anchor it down, meaning that they were not able to put in uh, fire lines, have the proper apparatus th there, having those fire cuts, that we would have to, that that fire would make that turn and then head up the, the, the next canyon right into one of our uh, towns, Tuolumne City, which we did evacuate. And the thought process was that once it got into that, it would be like a chimney and it would race right up that. Now you're going into the 108 corridor, which is the, tw the Twain Heart, the Sugar Pine, Cold Springs area uh, of our county. And the thought and the fear was that if once it hit that 108, then it would go on to Calaveras. Mm. And so that's when, you know, it became to a point where I was like, this this thing this thing is, is pretty serious. Not not to say that it wasn't serious, you know, on, at day two, day three, but we felt that, you know, okay, we, we'll be able to, to manage, it, manage it within the, the Mariposa, Tuolumne, south side of the county, the north side for, for Mariposa. But once it got to that point, it was, okay, how are we going to evacuate all of these citizens? Do they go east? Do they go, do they go west? 
you know, where do we put these people? Right. Where do we put these animals? Where do, you know, what, what, what are we going to do? And so what is our e- evacuation routes going to be? Because when you, when you talk about fire, you're going to have several types of people. You're going to have those people, ah, I've, I've been here for, for 60 years. I, I, I ain't leaving. Then you have those, hey, I, I see the smoke. I'm out of here. Um, and then you have those that will wait. And when we would do our town hall meetings, the question came up, well, when should we leave? Well, if a deputy is on your doorstep knocking on your door, that's that's the time to that's leave. That's the good time. That's the time to leave. Opportunity, Opportunity is knocking. Opportunity is knocking. <laughs> and, and, and one of the things that we really learned, and I, I kind of am going to go off, we, uh, we, we, we really rely a lot on technology. So we have our reverse 911 or that mm-hmm. where everybody is able to have a phone and, and we would put in a message and then we would, would call back to them. We found that there were some limitations in, in our technology. Uh, we found that it was very difficult to put locations where in a rural county, it's not like down in the city where your blocks are square. These are roads that just kind of meander around. They're old mining roads. They're old whatever you want to call them, uh, horse trails, whatever. Now there's asphalt on them. And so now, um, you know, how do we put this, this reverse 9-1 system into effect that was not set up for these types of geography uh-huh. uh, and, and, th- and those types of things? So we had, we had some frustration on the user part. But we also had some frustration on the community part. And so what we learned is on on the fly here, okay, we're going to have to reach out to the community. Social media, we, we, we had to learn that social media was, was a very valuable tool. In what way? Well, in what way was that people have their smartphones with them at all times. And so there was uh, one of the citizens put up a, a Facebook page. And... We're not able to, because it's not our Facebook page, it's the citizens' Facebook page. Now we're, com- we're trying to combat some of the problems and some of the issues that citizens are putting that information out there. And it's, it's erroneous and it's incorrect information. And so now we have to go back and we have to try to, to cover our, some, of our, our, um, our, some of those mistakes that the, that the public is, is, is receiving. And yeah. so that was that was that was wow. that was interesting. Never would have considered that never. As an issue. Never. Wow. So as law enforcement, you're charged with getting these folks out. But you were able to do it, right? Right. No loss of life, no Correct. serious injury. Correct. Uh was that a win? Oh, it's a huge win. You know, I'll take the fact that uh, there was some frustration on the public. Uh, not too much, but there there was, you know, and, and we'll we'll take that criticism and we'll take the uh um you know how can we do it better and and we've done that uh but the bottom line is is that <clears throat> excuse me our number one priority is is, is is the safety of the public were there some structures that were lost yeah there were some barns and there were some some tractors and there were some other personal items that were destroyed and lost but the bottom line is is that nobody was killed in this in this incident and it was a huge incident and the resources and the fire personnel, they did such an outstanding job, you know, when you when you would look at when they would go over through their, their safety and their, their protocol before they would go out to their fire. 
they would involve law enforcement and that's a that's a that's a huge that's a huge plus because as as, as law enforcement okay we run towards gunfire but we run away from fire mm. You know, and the opposite is for fire. You know, they're going to run towards the fire, and you know, if someone's shooting at them, they're like, hey, we're going to get out of there. And so we had to to listen to to them, stay out of these areas, make sure that if you do go into these areas, that you let us know, make sure that you understand the limitation of your radio. You know, that that was one of the things that when we had law enforcement agencies from Kern County all the way up past Sacramento. Over over almost 300 law enforcement came here, hmm. and so you're you're embedding them I- into a, a community that they have no idea how to pronounce Tuolumne County, let alone to drive these roads. Easy to get lost. Easy to get lost. With all of these 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 resources of law enforcement, that now you have deputies that are in a a leadership or a supervisory role because they know the lay of the land. And so now they're responsible for these uh, these uh, officers from Tracy or Man- Manteca Police Department or from uh, Placer County or from Taft. And so now we have to make sure that we are able to communicate with them. So interoperability was a huge problem. Here in Tuolumne County, we have a hard enough time talking – within ourselves, within our own organization, you know, where we have a deputy because uh, we don't have a voter repeater system here, meaning that when I key my mic, the computer will pick which repeater. My deputies uh, manually have to pick which repeater. So they need to know the lay of the land. Okay, now I'm past this creek. This repeater, strawberry repeater, will not work any longer. I need to use double dome. Or I need to use West Sonora Peak, or I need to, to use another another repeater that I have. Do you guys need updated technology here? That is a huge problem. And now we've talked to to I sit on the nine one one, the nine one one board, uh, and uh, we have talked about some of the some of the issues that um, that our radio system has, and so you know as the state. And the vendors are moving forward to the technology of being able to dial 911 texting. 911, when you pick up your cell phone, is not going to come to Tuolumne County if you're in Tuolumne County. It's going to go to Merced CHP. That's a huge problem. Mm. When they're saying, I'm at, and this is not going to mean anything to anybody except for those people that know uh, Tuolumne County, I'm at the archway at... um, Twainhart. There's been an accident here. That CHP dispatcher's not going to know where that is or what what it is. We just had a, a critical incident here, and we we heard some of the. Uh, when I say a critical incident, there was a an uh, officer involved shooting with the Sonora and Tuolumne County, um, Sonora PD and the uh, Tuolumne County Sheriff's Office, and it was right downtown Sonora, and. Several people called 911 on their cell phones. And the dispatcher, uh, the, the individual came out and said, I am um, at, um, I'm on Washington Street, and I just walked out of the, um, the, um, uh, the bar and gave the, lo- the, the bar. And she thought that it was in Stockton because there is a street there where there is a bar there, and, but 
And this individual on on the phone here in Tuolumne County had no idea that this dispatcher had no idea where where he was at. Confusion on both com- sides. Complete confusion mm-hmm. on both sides. So that those are some problems that we're trying yeah. to. It, it's great technology, and we want to move towards that. But we need to do the basics here in in, in our own county. And so we're working on that. We're working um, uh, with. Um, uh, with that that group of, uh, of of folks on the 911 board, and so there were some issues that that we had to overcome mm. during that fire. OES was a huge huge help to us when they come in and they bring in. I think it's the the duck. Is that what it's called? The the yeah the, the radio. <laughs> You're laughing at me as you as you say yeah. Uh, is that what it's called? The is duck? that what it's called? Is that is it Magoo, maybe? or The Magoo? Migu. Migu. Okay. We just call him Mr. Magoo. Okay. So when Mr. Magoo comes in, all right, and, and is able to program all of those radios, and then yeah. we're able to put in, because there's no interoperability here. You know, if you look at all of the, 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 the major incidents, you know, that you look at the Boston bombing, you know, you have all of those, those agencies coming together, you know, what's the number one problem? Interoperability. 9-11, what's the number one problem? Interoperability. Mm-hmm. Okay, rimfire, what's the big problem? Interoperability. So, you know, when OES is able to come in uh, with their resources and say, here you go, huge help, huge help. Can't, can't think uh, enough. And so uh, I, I, would, I would encourage those that are listening to reach out to your OES partner and know who they are because they they are there they are such a, a valuable resource to not only to get set things up for you to get personnel to come in and, and to help you but also the resources of equipment and when i'm able to to reach out to our oes representative and not have to worry that the phone calls the all the information that i gave that person is going to be relayed to the other sheriffs uh, the other chiefs of police saying that I need uh, X amount of people. That um, that when he comes back and says, or she comes back and says, okay, I have a hundred folks coming. Now we need to look at, you know, where are we going to house them? What are some of the locations that you want me to call? A huge, huge resource mm-hmm. uh, of information and, and, and of help. So that that's one of the things that I that I learned coming away from uh, the rim fire is the the value that um, that the governor's office of OES has cool any final thoughts I know we've covered a lot uh, but is there any one final note that you want to make sure you get out there well to those people that are in my position I think that the, that we, we need to understand that is that that uh, folks are out there to help the, the folks in the governor's office are here to help us um, but just as important the folks that that work for you are here to, to, to provide a great service, and, and they do. But just as important, we need to reach out uh, to our partners. And our partners are the California Highway Patrol, the, the local police department here, the, 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 the city of Sonora, their police department, um, Department of Fish and Game, uh, Park Service. There are lots of lots of partners that are out there, and if you're in a position, if you even if you are in a middle management position, even if you're a supervisor or even a deputy, it doesn't matter. You need to go out and you need to make an effort to 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 bridge to make that bridge and to and to 
uh, make that connection because it comes when, when, when you need to call upon somebody and they have a name with a face, the fold, you know, the, the return on that is, 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 is tenfold. And so that's the one thing that I would, uh, I would encourage is that one of the things that, that as a leader, you can't do it all and you need to partner. And there are lots of partners out there. And so I, I would suggest and, and encourage that that's what, that's what we do is we continue to, to foster those uh, partnerships. Good advice. Sheriff James Mealy, Tuolumne County Sheriff here in Sonora. Gold, not wine. Yes, sounds good. I'll take more gold over wine any day, quite honestly. Well, you know, sometimes some people will do that, but we do have some <laughs> wineries here, but, but we're not Sonoma. All right, sounds okay. good. Sheriff, thank you very much nope, thank for talking you. with us. Yeah, I told you he was a fun interview. He seems very happy in his role as Sheriff of Tuolumne County. Kudos to him, right, for recognizing his need to up his leadership game and following through on that. So thanks for listening, everyone. New episodes come out every other Tuesday. So until next time, I'm Sean Boyd here at Cal OES headquarters in Sacramento. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.